the fading light, flying through bloody dreams. When he awakes, the summer night is still Or demon chimpanzee But we will prove he's no such thing He's much like me Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. And I am Kate, and I am also not an animal... See, there animal. I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kate, and I'm also not an animal expert, nor am I Donna. I'm filling in for Donna today, and we're going to talk about bats. Yes, our first uh, little revisit of an episode. We did bats a long, four years ago. You know what? I'm looking <laughs> at the date. It's it's a day. It's four years and a day since I started this podcast. Wow. Happy late anniversary. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for it. Sure. I'm. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. We are going to talk about your wonderful podcast, Strange Animals, in a little bit. But first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. I also want to point out today that we don't do a whole lot of dated episodes. Like, our the content... I try to keep the content evergreen which means you can just kind of jump in wherever and, and start listening. And there's no there's no real, like, dates. But we're going through COVID-19 right now. And I feel like we're going to be talking about this for a long time. So you're going to hear a lot about it today. Um, and This news story is one example. According to news research, bats practice social distancing when they're not feeling well. It sounds like social distancing, but scientists don't really think that bats' self-isolation is intentional. These findings were published in Biology Letters. It's believed that when bats are ill, they just have trouble mustering up the energy to call out. I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can all relate. <laughs> bats are normally very, very social, but when they get an illness, they experience a feeling that's quite a lot like that miserable, I just want to stay in bed all day feeling, yeah. which uh, I just experienced this morning. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> we can all relate. A scientist injected 18 female bats with a compound that induces an immune response similar to a bacterial infection without actually causing the illness. Females were used because they are more social than the mates. They engage more in grooming and communal feeding and, and bonds and all that good stuff. And the researchers later injected the same group of female bats with saline solution as a control in both cases, they removed those bats from the larger group, but within hearing distance, and then they recorded and measured their calls. The bats made 30% fewer calls when they were induced with that compound. They slept a lot more, they moved around a lot less, they performed less social grooming. So they concluded that they weren't intentionally social distancing or self-quarantining. It's more likely that the bats were just feeling really lousy and just didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had days like that. Oh, I have several days like that. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Ne next time I have to call in sick to work, I'll say, bats do this too. Exactly. Yeah, hey. and, and my boss will understand. <laughs> because, because she's a bat. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> that would be awkward. 
Hey, <laughs> walking in on Monday morning. <laughs> hey, I called you a bat on a podcast. <laughs> She's standing there tapping her foot. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to start her on the podcast, maybe not this episode. Maybe yeah, just take we'll, her back. we'll ease her in on the hippos episode, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite. <laughs> nice. Just a reminder to go to varmints.podbean.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at varmintspodcast, that's all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We're on Pinterest, and I don't have that URL, but if you do a search for varmints, that should get you there. And you can put varmints into the search engine at Redbubble for all kinds of wonderful merch. And if you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We're everywhere that podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. Yes, it is. So now let's learn about bats. Bats! Hey, let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. (laughs) So we are talking about bats today. Bats are frequently classified as rodents, but they are not. They are totally separate mammals of the order Chiroptera. Oh boy, I I practiced this too. (laughs) Chiroptera. How about that? Good job. (laughs) I don't think I could have done that. (laughs) Bats are the second largest order of mammals after rodents, which was amazing to me. That's a lot of bats. That's a lot of bats. Now there are mega, oh, here we go again, mega chiroptera uh, bats, which are the big fruit bats and the flying foxes and that kind of thing. And we'll do a whole separate episode about them. But we're going to talk about micro chiroptera. Microchiroptera. Oh, man, I'm so glad I don't have to use that. <laughs> That's the last time I'm going to say that for the entire episode. All right. <laughs> They're gonna, those, those are your little bats, the little insectivores. So we're going to talk about those little guys today. We did an episode way back when about them, and we're just going to revisit that episode. Every major continent has those little bats, except Antarctica. And they are not found where it gets really super cold or really super dry either. So the Arctic Circle, which is like northern Russia, northern Canada, Alaska, Greenland, they're not going to be there. And your extreme desert environments are not going to have bats either. No bats. I don't blame them. There are about 1,400 species of bats, and bats make up about 20% of all mammal species around the world. Wow. Wow. Wow, we said that at the same time. We did. We were just, our minds were blown. It really is. With so many species, bats vary in size, shape, and appearance, but the main characteristic that all of these bats share are their large wings. They are the only mammals that are capable of flight. Bat skeletons are really, really delicate, and they don't fossilize all that well, but the fossils of two extinct bats were found that were around 50 million years old. They were also, by the way, the first fossils where they could actually tell what color the animal was. Oh, wow. Which I thought was pretty cool. What color did you think uh, those bats were? Um, were they black? You would think that they would be black. They were not yeah. black. They were kind of a reddish, brownish orange. Oh, yeah. like ginger bats. Like ginger bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they all got called, called carrot top. hey carrot wing get over here carrot wing i like it (laughs) male and female bats from what i could tell are just called male and female bats baby bats are called pups the english word bat is an alteration of the middle english word back or backy it's b-a-k-k-e which is probably related to either an old danish or an old swedish word that means night bat Ooh. Or an o- old Norse word, Leorblaka, which literally means, and I love this, leather flapper. Ah, oh, that's the best <laughs> word. Why did we change it? Right. The Vikings were walking around <laughs> calling little bats leather flappers. That's so great. 
<laughs> That's like the opposite of a butterfly. Yeah. <laughs> butterfly leather. Fl- oh, wow. You're right. <laughs> So the original sense of that animal name likely was flapper or something having to do with flapping or fluttering. The German word for bat, Fledermouse, literally means flittermouse, which is oh. technically not, you know, accurate, <laughs> They're not but- rodents. We just learned that. <laughs> they do kind of look like little mice with wings. They kind of do. I, I can't really yeah. blame anybody for thinking that they're rodents. <laughs> Well, most bats are nocturnal, which means, of course, they come out at night. Um, And Paul, hey, have you ever tried to swat a mosquito in the dark? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's the worst thing ever when you're laying there in bed Uh, and there's a mosquito in your room and you just hear that. Yeah, right in your ear. Right in your ear. And you wind up like smacking yourself in the face. Yeah, and oh, then the you get stung like or bitten five times. Oh yeah, you wake up and you wake up in the morning and you've you have eight mosquito bites on you because yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't work very well, but bats manage to catch thousands of mosquitoes at night because they use echolocation to sense where things are. This is a similar ability to the kind of echolocation used by dolphins and whales to navigate and find food underwater, and this is how they do it. A bat makes rapid squeaking noises and listens for the echoes that reflect back from things like leaves and sticks, and most importantly to the bat, mosquitoes. And the bat's brain is fine-tuned to translate those echoes into an image so that it knows exactly where everything is. And since it keeps squeaking and the echoes keep bouncing back to its ears as it moves, the image changes the same way it does when you walk around looking at stuff. These squeaks can be really loud, but they're at such a high pitch that people normally can't hear them at all. Most bats make the squeaks with their larynx, which is the same way most mammals make sounds, including the way I am making sounds right now that you can listen to. A lot of people call <laughs> a lot of people call the larynx the voice box, which makes me think of creepy talking dolls. Um, and the reason <laughs> a lot of bats—sorry, <laughs> now I just cracked myself up. <laughs> the reason a lot of bats have weird-shaped noses is to help project the echolocation squeaks in a specific direction. Sort of like when you turn your head to look or your eyes. That's what they do, but they're doing it with sound. But bats have to work for their dinner because some insects have developed ways to fool bats' echolocation signals, especially moths. And I found a lot of articles about moths um, baffling bats, but I don't know if that's because scientists find it easier to work with moths or if moths have something special. Um, But for an example, there's a type of moth called the cabbage tree emperor moth that lives in Africa that has tiny scales on its wings that actually absorb sound waves. And when a bat sends out its echolocation squeaks, the sound waves get absorbed by the wings instead of bouncing back to the bat's ears. Wow, it's like like a little cloaking device. Exactly! That's awesome. The bat has no idea there's a moth sitting on a leaf, for instance, and it just flies right past it. That is so cool. Yeah. So other moths related to the cabbage tree emperor moth have sound-absorbing fur on their fuzzy little bodies. And some moths have long tails on their wings that flutter as they fly and send back confusing echoes so that the bat bites the wings instead of the moth's body. And I'm pretty sure that Donna talked about that not too long ago in the Luna Moth episode. Um, I meant to listen to that episode again, and I didn't get around to it because Animal Crossing maybe (laughs) took up a little of my time. A little of your time? (laughs) Maybe maybe 650 plus hours of gameplay (laughs) since April. Just a little bit of my time. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell anybody about that either. We'll keep it a secret. (laughs) Some moths even make sounds that mimic a bat's echolocation calls to interfere with the echoes, sort of like jamming a signal. 
So that all sounds really exhausting to be a bat, and it's no wonder that bats eat so many mosquitoes when all those moths are causing their echolocation to go haywire. For a long time, scientists thought that only bats that eat insects use echolocation, and those would be the little microbats we're talking about today. But it turns out that some fruit bats, like the Egyptian fruit bat, do use a type of echolocation, and it's completely different from the kind used by insect-eating bats. Scientists think it evolved separately. The Egyptian fruit bat uses its tongue to make little clicking noises, so it's not using its larynx, it's just going... That I did that with my tongue. And because it... Yeah, it's my one talent... And because <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. You have more talents than that. Well, but that's a pretty good one, you got to admit. I can make it really one. loud, too, but I won't. But <laughs> because it has good eyesight, it can easily switch between navigating by echolocation and navigating by vision. Scientists studying how the Egyptian fruit bat uses echolocation have found that it works like radar and sonar systems invented by humans. So, engineers are now studying the Egyptian fruit bat to see if they can improve radar and sonar systems by learning more about how the bat echolocates, which is pretty neat. I always really like it when we have to look to the animal world to improve something that we thought we invented in the first place. I love that. Uh, Like I said before, we're going to talk about COVID-19 because, you know, it is... The end of July, when we're recording this of of 2020, COVID-19 isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And if you're listening to this a year from now, you're probably still hearing about COVID-19, unfortunately. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it and the role kind of bats play in that, because bats are getting a lot of, I think, bad press about COVID-19. They're not doing it on purpose. They're not doing it on purpose. No. The bats, I mean. People, no, okay. no, the, 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 bats are, the bats are innocent. Leave the yes. bats out of this, people. Yeah, bats are good. So uh, to begin, I just wanted to get the terminology straightened out because coronavirus and COVID-19 tend to get used sort of interchangeably. And I might be like nitpicking a little bit, but I think it's pretty good to know. Coronavirus refers to a large family of viruses. So a few years ago, there was a MERS Uh, virus that was causing a lot of trouble in SARS, you might have heard of that. Those were coronaviruses, and they used to be a real problem, and they still crop up now and then. And there are three or four other strains of coronavirus that have these weird little alphanumeric designations, like (laughs) little robots. They they haven't given given these things a name yet. Robots? We we don't need any robots, Paul. We don't. Oh, boy, did I (laughs) jinx something? Uh Uh-oh. That's next. (laughs) watch out for the robots oh that's all we need so the strain of virus that is interrupting everybody's life right now is called SARS-CoV-2 and this virus isn't new to the world it's been around for a while it's just new to humans and so COVID-19 is the name of the disease that is caused by that particular virus SARS-CoV-2 Bats are getting a lot of bad press over this because one of the common things that you hear is that someone somewhere, possibly China, ate or somehow consumed a bat. That person became patient zero. They got ill. They passed it along to other people. And the whole world got sick because somebody ate a bat, (laughs) which is really, really unfortunate. So maybe, hopefully, the little bit of research I did will help you you know, see that that bats aren't the bad guy. Do bats carry COVID-2? Absolutely, yes, they do. But bats are also reservoir hosts of a lot of other coronavirus and diseases like Ebola. Now, what a reservoir host is, is an animal that has the virus present in its organs, tissues, and blood, but they don't experience any illness from it. So it's kind of like when somebody is an asymptomatic carrier of COVID-19. They can give it to other people, but they're not ill from it themselves, or they're not having the symptoms from it. So that virus is maintained by spreading that virus from host to host or through intermediate hosts. Now, one of these intermediate hosts was thought to be the pangolin, which is an animal that is in a lot of trouble because people consume it for traditional medicine. And pangolins also carry coronaviruses. 
However, COVID-2 is not one of the viruses that pangolins carry. So then you have to turn your attention back to bats. Did COVID-2 start because somebody ate a bat in China? Most people in China don't eat bats, and wildlife markets don't sell bats for consumption. The strongest evidence of the virus's origin points to a section of an open-air market in Hunan, China, where more than 75 species of wildlife are stacked in wire cages. They're slaughtered on-site for buyers. And so when you have 75 different species of animals that could be carrying this COVID-2 virus, and you have all the fluids like the blood and the saliva and the feces all over the place, that's where it could have come from. And in fact, of the 41 earliest identified COVID-19 cases, 27 of them have direct ties to that particular part of the market. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot. How do bats walk around or fly around or flutter around with all these viruses in them? Well, because they have a really amazing immune system that is especially adapted to allow them to carry as many as 60 different zoonotic diseases. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. They're little, little, tiny, little flappy disease vectors. <laughs> Imagine having 60 colds at once. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> what that is would enough? Be not enough tissues in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so a bat's immune system does two really, really amazing things. The first thing is that bats have a heightened antiviral response. Some of the bat's genes for antiviral proteins are always active, and they can very, very quickly produce an enzyme that kills some of the virus, but not all of the virus. So it kind of just suppresses it. And the second thing that they do is they suppress inflammation. Now, inflammation is a natural process by which you and me and bats protect us from bacteria and viruses, but too much of it can cause a lot of damage. Uh, a lot of inflammation can damage your lungs, can damage your tissues. Bats get inflammation, but not too much inflammation. And also, bats have had about 50 million years to really fine-tune their little immune system so that they're just really, really super tolerant to viruses, way, way more tolerant than we humans are. So that's why a bat can just fly around with these 60 different diseases, and, but as soon as a human gets it, it's all over with. Our immune systems go crazy, our inflammation goes crazy, and we get really sick and sometimes we die. We should be more like bats. <laughs> also, I want to fly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but not getting Absolutely. sick that much would be great, too. <laughs> <laughs> so stop blaming bats, people. Yeah. It's not the bats' fault. They're doing the best they can. They're trying to get all the mosquitoes eaten up. The, the mosquito, you know what? The mosquito is the, that, those are the guys that are killing everybody. That's like the oh, deadliest yeah. creature on the planet is the mosquito. Yeah. They carry so many horrible diseases. Yeah. Team Bat. Go Bats Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the IUCN status of bats uh, varies a little bit. There's 24 bat species that are critically endangered. They're in a lot of trouble. 53 species are endangered. 104 species are considered vulnerable. And the rest of the species are considered data deficient, which is an indicator that more conservation attention is necessary for these species. All species of bat are in trouble from habitat destruction, hunting, climate change, which is a real thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Invasive species are really, really bad for, for bats and other stresses like that. Zoos more and more have bat exhibits, which is pretty nice. Oh, yeah. I love to see them. Yeah. So you can go to your local AZA-accredited zoo and see them. Also, if you have state parks and or wildlife conservation facilities nearby or just trails, they might also have bat viewings. I know we have one that is about two miles up the road, and they have a big bat house. And if you go there, I think it's open now. If you go there in the evenings, on some evenings, you can watch the bats leaving the bat house to go out. And... Oh, that would be so neat to watch. It's really cool. I live really near an elementary school, and they've got this pond in the back where they do all kinds of science experiments and things like that. Which is great. I love that school. But they have bat houses. So I can see the bats flying above the trees in the dust time. 
I love seeing it. And I know they're all coming from those bat houses. Yeah. And you can either, you can build your own bat box and put it on your house. Yeah. Which I am going to do one of these days. A house on your house. A house on your house for bats. Yeah. I guess it takes them a little while to figure out that that is a house for them and that it's safe to go in there and and literally hang out for the evening. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are going to talk about bats and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after we talk about your podcast, Kate, Strange Animals Podcast. Yeah, I have a podcast. I am the host and everything else of Strange Animals Podcast. It's a podcast about living, extinct, and imaginary animals. I especially like mystery animals, also called cryptids, but I like to take a scientific approach because to me, there is nothing more frustrating than a mystery that no one is trying to solve because they think the mystery part is more fun than knowing. I want to know, I want to know everything about animals. But, you know, not to the point of actually becoming an animal expert. I just want to know. <laughs> so, but then again, every October we have Monster Month, which is coming up pretty fast. And this year we're going to learn about some truly creepy cryptids. So, ooh, that's my mystery <laughs> music. You can, you can cut the mystery music out if you want. You can cut most of that out if you want. <laughs> It's such a good podcast. I have literally been listening to your podcast since episode one. Ah, thank you. And I never miss an episode, and I recommend it to everybody. It's family-friendly. Oh, yeah. It is usually around, what do you say, 20 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long? Uh, I try and get about 15 minutes. Uh, Lately, it's been sort of creeping up there, but anywhere between about 10 and 20 minutes. Yep, so good for your little morning commute to work yeah i just can't recommend it enough oh, i really love you. your podcast <laughs> i'm blushing <laughs> <laughs> hey there everyone paul and don are a couple of nerds just like you and they don't get to see animals up close and in person very often so let's talk about where we all see them most of the time on movies, TV, comic books, toys, and video games. My pop culture choice is the animated movie Hotel Transylvania. So a lot of people associate bats with Halloween because bats are nocturnal, and if you don't know anything about them, they do look kind of spooky. Um, You can find all kinds of Halloween bat characters in all kinds of movies, but I really like the bats in Hotel Transylvania. So let me tell you a little bit about the movie. Um, In the movie, Count Dracula runs a hotel where monsters can get away from humans and just be themselves. And that sounds really nice, and I keep thinking that I wonder if they'd be cool with podcasters visiting. Because I I wouldn't mind... (laughs) getting away from other humans. (laughs) So the hotel throws a big party for Dracula's daughter, Mavis, who is turning 118 years old. But a human boy shows up, and Drac freaks out a little bit. So it's a really cute movie, but to me, the best part is that Dracula and Mavis can both turn into bats, and they're adorable as bats. They're small with fuzzy round faces and little sweet expressions, and you know what? They actually kind of look like real vampire bats. So not everyone knows that vampire bats are real animals, and they actually drink blood instead of eating food. Um, But they're not very big, and they're not scary with giant fangs and red eyes. They're just little bitty bats, and they're fuzzy, and I think they are super cute. They have little fangs that they use to make a cut in a sleeping animal's skin, and then they lick up the blood that oozes out. So they're not actually sucking blood like they have little straw fangs. They just lick it up, which, I don't know, that sounds kind of tidy. Then they digest the blood really fast, and they have to pee a whole lot, because otherwise they'd be too heavy to fly. 
And that's just another way that nature is gross. <laughs> anyway, you don't get to see any of that in Hotel Transylvania, but you do get to see a vampire dad who learns to give his vampire daughter more freedom as she grows up, which is a lot sweeter than the peeing a lot thing uh, that real yeah. vampire bats do. <laughs> uh, so here's... <laughs> Sometimes, you know, nature is interesting, but sometimes it is kind of gross. It's gross and terrifying, and that's okay. Yeah, that's just part of the world. <laughs> Here's a clip from the movie where Mavis is all set to charge out and see the world, but Dracula stops her as she's about to fly out of the castle window in her bat form, and it's so cute because she is going to Hawaii... So she's wearing a tiny bat-sized Hawaiian shirt and has a giant suitcase dangling from her claws. Aww. Yeah, it is adorable. Good morning, Mavy Wavy. Happy birthday, my little mouse. Thank you, Dad. I know it's my birthday. I have so much fun planned. Woohoo! But first, we go catch some scorpions together. Just the two of us. Yes, Dada? Dad, please let me speak. There's something we have to talk about. You want to go out into the world, you can. Aha! I knew you were going to say that. But, Dad, you gave me your word. And you know that I know that a Dracula's word is sacred. That our trust is the core of our... Wait, what? I said you can go. You're just <laughs> playing with me. No, 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 no. You're old enough to drive a hearse now. You're old enough to make your own choice. You can go. <laughs> Holy rabies! This is where she's changed clothes. Oh, stop. Wait a second, sweet fangs. Where are you going? Oh, well, I'm going to paradise. And this is some stuff that I thought I would need. Paradise? Yeah, you know. It's that place out there where you and Mom met. Auntie Wanda says you two were just like, zing. I don't know from zing. Where, where did you find that card? In one of your drawers. <laughs> Why won't you ever tell me about how you met? It's actually Hawaii. How what what? Look. Honey, I know you're excited, but everyone has gone to great lengths to come see you on your birthday. I know. They always do. Aren't <laughs> I getting a little old for these parties? I love them, but I really want to see new things. Maybe meet somebody my age. Come on. No, no, don't do that. Don't give me the pouty bad face. <laughs> so the oh, There is bat. a human village just a little <laughs> ways past the cemetery. You could go there and be back in like 30 minutes or so. It, it should be plenty for your first time. Well, it's not ho-wee-wee, but I guess it's still <laughs> technically out there. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks for trusting. Wee wee. Of course, my little one. I gave you my word. Very cool. It's a cute movie. It, it sounds. It looks adorable. Sounds adorable. So this week, I am going to talk about the Weekly World News. Remember the Weekly World News? Oh yeah, I used to be in the grocery store checkout lanes. Yes, and it's not <laughs> there anymore. It's it still exists, just online. And I used to buy that. Oh my god! Like when I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I was like 18, 19, 20 years old, I bought it all the time just to laugh at it. Uh, I've never actually opened one, but I would definitely read the headlines as I was checking out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Weekly World News bills itself as the world's only reliable news. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <We're> doomed. <laughs> <laughs> And I found some really, you know, absolutely real, not made up animal news headlines when I was looking at this website the other day. Hmm. Uh, soy milk turns boy into warthog. Oh, that happens all the time. Right? <laughs> Trainer who married a dolphin is pregnant. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scientists discover emoji bugs. <laughs> so, of course, it's really one of the first places that you should go for unbiased, you know, accurate, fact-checked scientific news right up there news. with nature <laughs> absolutely and since 1992 it has been the only totally reliable news source paying any attention at all to a half human half bat creature called bat boy oh my gosh the original scientist that discovered him was named dr ron Dillon, and he is constantly pursued by scientists and government officials who frequently capture him only to have him make some sort of 
daring escape. He's basically, he's kind of like the mascot for Weekly World News. If you go on the website, <laughs> you can look at the upper right corner and see this little, it, it looks like a little baby, but with a big gaping mouth full of sharp teeth. <laughs> That's Bat Boy. He also has bat wings, right? You know, I don't know. The only picture I could find of him was that that big gaping mouth classic Bat Boy picture. I think oh. he does have wings. Well, it would be pretty sad if he didn't with a name like Bat Boy. If he just had the teeth and that was it? Yeah, maybe <laughs> oh, maybe guy. he's called Bat Boy because he actually works for baseball teams. Hang on. I have to Google this now. Does <laughs> Bat Boy have <laughs> wings? I was not prepared to answer this question. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to throw you a curveball <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, here, I'll just do a Google image search. Oh, perfect. Uh, no. He doesn't have wings? Out, no. no, he's just got the, the head with the pointy ears oh, and the, no. and the uh, sharp teeth on a human body. Well, how does he keep is... escaping from all these scientists if he can't I fly? Hmm. I, don't, I don't see any pictures of him with wings. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. They, they, huh. they, they, we're, no we're, wonder we're thinking, they need to study him. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're thinking way too much about Bat yeah, Boy Anatomy. We're, we're getting way too much in the weeds here. <laughs> <laughs> so the Weekly World News does its very best to keep its readers up to date about Bat Boy's comings and goings. In the years since Bat Boy's discovery, he has reportedly met Elvis. He announced a run for president. He converted to Judaism. <laughs> And he even dated Jennifer Lopez for a time. <laughs> Currently, as of last week when I was doing a little bit of research on Bat Boy, Bat Boy is running for president. Bat Boy 2020. Oh no, I hope he doesn't split the vote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just selected his vice presidential running mate. Do you want to take a guess who his, his vice president oh, no. is going to be? If it's not Batman, I'll be really disappointed. It's not Batman. Oh no! Who it's is a it? It's a it's another totally real creature. Okay. It's Bigfoot. Oh my gosh! Well, I'm really astonished that Bigfoot isn't running for president <laughs> with Fat Boy as his running mate because that makes more sense. Bigfoot, I think, is probably older and probably wiser. <laughs> He's also filling important presidential posts like. Chief of Staff, and I forget what other one, with, like, there's one guy called Dr. Ape. <laughs> Dr. Ape? Yeah, he's Dr. Ape. He's just a gorilla with, like, a bow tie and some glasses on, and he's, I guess he's another... He's Is that another, all it takes to become a doctor? You get a I bow tie so. and glasses? I'm halfway there. I wear glasses. <laughs> I, I can loan you a bow tie. All right! We're all gonna be doctors. That's... <laughs> Dr. Ape and another, like, an alien that has a weird name that I think the Weekly mm. World News, they do extensive coverage of those characters. Okay. But, yeah. And Bat Boy has promised to aggressively campaign in all 50 states, so keep an eye out for Bat Boy, you know, rallies coming to a town near you. <laughs> and the Weekly World News says it has several reporters embedded in the Bat Boy Bigfoot 2020 campaign. It will be an exciting summer and fall. Wow. They, they've they got the scoop. They've got the scoop. That's what everyone wants to know about. <laughs> <laughs> a musical based on the Batboy character premiered at Tim Robbins' Actors Gang Theater on Halloween 1997. Oh my gosh. And that has since been produced off-Broadway in London's West End and in scores of productions throughout the world. You heard the song from the production at the beginning of the show. That was pretty awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs> Now I want to see that a lot. The, the Bat Boy production? I do too. Yeah, I, I bet that's a lot of fun. I might have to look at that after the show. Let me know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got Animal Crossing to play. I don't have time to watch anything. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we got to do this part of the show. I don't want to, but here we go. Oh, yeah. Would you eat it in a box? Would you eat it with a fox? Would you eat the fox? Would you eat it? <laughs> Pretty safe to say that with all the viruses and all the little cooties that are living in bugs or bats that uh, probably not going to eat a bat. No, I, I wouldn't eat a bat even if they were super 
clean bill of health. No, I mean, if, if scientists discovered an edible bat, they said, here you an go. edible bat? <laughs> yeah, they, here you go. Humans, you can eat this bat well, and nothing it, will happen to you. If it was made of chocolate, sure. But sure. that's not the edible bat you mean. Um, yeah, I don't want to eat anything that eats bugs. Because no. I think of the bugs. Then again, I do eat chicken, and chickens eat bugs. But probably not the ones who are, you know, in the grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. But but bats, no. Plus, you know, they're too cute to eat. And I bet they're kind of stringy. I bet they're nothing but just muscle. Little bitty muscles. Yeah. So probably not a lot of eating on a bat. And they no. eat really gross things. So you don't want to eat the things that eat the gross things. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't. No, there's anyway. a lot of no's. Yeah. There's a lot of no's all the way around here. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, they're all endangered, and we do not want to encourage people to eat endangered animals. No, don't eat endangered things. No, that's bad. Even if their wings look like fruit roll-ups, don't eat them. Oh, well, you see, yeah, you can make your own bat out of fruit roll-ups. Just, you know, get a little bit of clean scissors and just cut out a bat shape, and then <laughs> there's your edible bat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Done and dusted. Hey, Paul and Donna. It's me, Vlad Samtanovsky. I guarantee you I can help you win your next trivia night. Or at the very least, make you the smartest person in the room. All I gotta do is share with you this, the animal fact of the week. Well, I just had a few little quick animal facts about bats uh, to you know, show you that we need them and they're wonderful and awesome and bats are, are just terrific. They're the good guys. You mentioned before that they eat mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. A single brown bat can catch around 1,200 mosquito-sized insects in one hour. One hour? Oh, my gosh. An hour. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a night. I was impressed at that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place in Texas called Bracken Cave, and there are about 20 million Mexican free-tailed bats that live in that cave. I think it's the biggest population of bats in the entire world. Whoa. They eat 200 tons of insects every night. Man. I bet the people living near there are insect-free. <laughs> <laughs> or at least very, very, very thankful. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Another way that bats are cool is that an anticoagulant found in vampire bat saliva might soon be used to treat human cardiac patients. The same stuff that keeps blood flowing from vampire bats' prey, as you mentioned before, seems to keep blood flowing in human beings. Cool. And scientists in several countries are trying to copy the enzymes that are found in vampire bat saliva so that they can treat heart conditions and stop the effects of strokes and heart attacks and stuff in humans. Good old bats. <laughs> Without bats, you can say goodbye to bananas, avocados, and mangoes, which I like all three of those things. Yeah. Over 300 species of fruit depend on bats for pollination. Oh, wow. Bats also help spread seeds for nuts, figs, and cacao, which is the main ingredient in chocolate. Oh so they're like seed. They, they poop out seeds. And so we have those things. Protect the bats at all costs protect the bats especially because they pollinate uh they they spread seeds for agave Ooh. and you know what we get from agave plants um is that tequila it's tequila oh i was right that's awesome <laughs> i do like tequila and now i'm positive i know where it comes from and i have bats to thank <laughs> <laughs> A lot of us have bats to thank. Bats are, are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I found a really interesting article about a type of bat called the Cuban Greater Funnel-Eared Bat. It lives in a single cave in Cuba, and it used to live in other places, but we only know because we have fossils found on other islands and in other caves. So it just lives in the one cave... And it's so rare that scientists already thought it was extinct once. And then in 1992, it was discovered in the cave. And now I didn't know that there was such a thing as a hot cave. But apparently it's sometimes caused by volcanic activity. But sometimes it's just caused by a big population of bats. So all their little body heat is like building up and building up. 
And it makes the, the inside of the cave hot? Is exactly. If enough bats okay. live in a small, poorly ventilated cave, the combination of body heat and the decomposing of bat poop, which is called guano, raises the cave's temperature and humidity levels to around 100 degrees and 100% humidity, which is oh my goodness. just ridiculous. Yeah, that's like Florida. Yeah, it's Ugh. like a horrible, stinky sauna. Oh, yeah. it sounds really unpleasant. Yeah, but they like it. The Cuban greater sure. funnel-eared bat, which is not easy to say, lives in a hot cave, and it's so well adapted to the heat and humidity that it can't survive long if it can't return to its cave after it goes out to hunt insects. But the only cave where it lives is in danger of collapsing. So scientists and conservationists are working to shore up the cave ceiling so it won't collapse. And while they're in there anyway, they're studying the bats. And one of the things they wanted to do right away was count how many bats live in the cave. But how do you count hundreds of little animals that are moving around all the time? How would you do it? I have no idea. Well, the scientists thought about it, and they decided to paint the bat's toenails with fingernail polish. So they painted each bat's toenails as they counted. So if they saw a bat without a nice manicure, they knew they hadn't counted that one yet. And in the end, they discovered that there are about 750 of the bats living in the cave, which is a lot more than earlier estimates of about 100. So the bats are going to be okay as long as their cave doesn't collapse. And conservationists and scientists are on it. So I think we're going to have the Cuban greater funnel-eared bat for a long time. Let's hope so. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That is some good lateral thinking. Because it's not going to hurt the bats, and it's really easy to tell which bats they've already counted. That is great. Yeah. What, what color nail polish? Did you did you mention what no, color it was? No, um, I got the impression, the article didn't really say, but I got the impression that they were using different colors. And I don't know if it's because they each had their own bottle, or if they were doing things like checking, you know, oh, this is a male bat, we're going to paint his nails purple and this is a female and we're going to paint her nails yellow and that way they could tell them apart more easily but that's what i would have done but yeah yeah maybe i wouldn't have used yellow because that's a really kind of an unusual fingernail polish color might be hard to find <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it's sure you have a... enough you don't want to run out of yellow and then have to go back to the store and then they're it's out such a simple yeah it's such <laughs> a simple little yeah. nice way to solve that problem because i'm over here overthinking it like <laughs> oh wow okay how would you count bats i'm like yeah. trying to think of like maybe there was be, be some sort of like little camera thing or <laughs> they just paint their nails yeah and then they look stylish too yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kate shaw thank you so much for joining me today this has been an utter delight oh my gosh thank you for having me i've had so much fun could you please, please, please tell everybody about your podcast and where they can find you on all the social medias and all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. You can find my podcast, Strange Animals, at strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. I don't know why they named it that. I have to say that every time. Blueberry. Blueberry. So, blueberry. <laughs> it sounds like we're underwater. Blueberry. Blueberry. <laughs> So I'm also on Twitter at Strange Beasties, and I'm sometimes on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangeanimalspodcast, but I'm not very good at Facebook. So thanks for letting me join you to learn amazing things about bats. I had a great time. I'm so happy you did. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by the wonderful and talented Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Chris Green, Stacey and Frosty, and Justine and Santiago. It's the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger that wants to be on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. And this week we have Bug. Bug has something to say about bats. Bug. Hey, Buggy. Do you like bats? Yes. What's your favorite thing about bats? 
that they can find that they eat lots of fruit, like fruit bats, but we're just talking about normal bats today. What's a normal bat? Just a bat. <laughs> what's a di- what's different about a normal bat instead of a fruit bat? That bat only fruit bats eat fruit. And what do normal bats eat? <laughs> bugs. Yes. Lots of bugs. Lots of bugs. <laughs> what else do you know about bats besides that they fly and they eat bugs? That they could help flowers. How do they help flowers? By pollinating them like bees do, but we're not talking about bees, we're talking about bats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so bats can pollinate flowers too? Like what kind of flowers? Like they can they could actually pollinate some sunflowers, some dandelions, <laughs> any type of flowers that have that have anything in them. Have you ever seen a bat? No, but, but I've seen bats on cartoons. What cartoon? Tots. Oh, there's yeah. a baby bat on Tots? <laughs> yeah, it's where every single flyer, junior flyer, brings babies to their mommies and daddies. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to tell Paul and Donna about bats? Hmm. I think that would end it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bug. That was awesome. That was so great. That other voice you heard was Adam. Adam is the host of the Odd Dad Out podcast. And Bug's mom is named Brianna. She is in the Varmint's discussion group, and she is a huge, huge, huge bats nerd. She loves bats. Awesome. So, little shout out to her. Hi, Brianna. This is for you. Hi, Brianna. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time. Be kind to animals. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. That mimic a bat's echolocation calls. Maybe we should start this over. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Three, two, one.